Hey guys, you're listening to Drunk and Uncultured. We are a drinking problem, masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. Uh, and it is... December. It is. Um, so, I hate that I have to be the one that like has to intro, like, I have to come after like the already scripted part and have to like... Listen, do you know how long it took me to come up with our tagline? Not that long, because I listened to all the episodes recently, and it just kind of evolved, and you like to claim (laughs) that you came up with it. I did! You claim that you came up with it, but really one day, like, you were just like, I can't remember exactly what you said, like, we're a drinking, we're alcoholics or something like that, and that's like what it evolved into eventually. Like, you didn't come up with it, you evolved it eventually, like 20 episodes later. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, it's December, and typically, since this is the first episode of the month, I would give you guys an update from Stephanie's Music Corner, but because we are going to be treating today as our year-end wrap-up episode, just the two of us, you'll hear about the entire year of music that we've been listening to, and that I've been listening to, so we are going to jump into the beer. Lindsay, what are we drinking today? Okay, so this is a beer called Hotline. It is from Bearded Iris out in Nashville. Stephanie brought this back from her Thanksgiving trip to go see her boyfriend's family. Um, This is a 7% um, beer. It is an IPA. It says intense double dry hopped bling. I don't know what that means, but okay. But it has like a a metallic label, um, well, black printed over like metallic. Um, and then just a bunch of, like, old-school phones in the background. And I'm, like, in my head, I'm reading this as, like, Hotline Bling. I and also read like, this as Hotline. That's why it says Bling! I'm hotline Bling! Why. I'm assuming yeah. that's why, yeah. Um, like, the drink song where he can't dance and he dribbles a basketball. He dribbles a basketball, he shoots the Pokeballs out. <laughs> he slaps things away. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyways, so we'll open this and talk about it. I do also want to point out, um, so this is actually pretty fresh. So I'm looking at the date code on it. It was canned on the 18th of November. So that was like, what, two weeks ago? It says Goose It Boys. Yeah, I saw that. That too, I found funny. I don't I know what that's in reference to, I but I it made me smile. So I have not tried this, actually. Um, when we were at Bearded Iris for Thanksgiving, um, this was not on draft. So, this is okay. my first time trying it. And I've been to Bearded Iris a bunch, and I had never had this before. So, I'm on Untapped, and it says, Simcoe, Mosaic, Nelson, Citra, Double Dry Hopped. That can only mean one thing. Yeah, it's a Drake reference. Yeah, it's definitely Also, one reference. of the first photos is literally Drake from the Hotline Blake video. <laughs> Oh, man, I wish I was wearing the Hotline Bling Christmas sweater while we're drinking this. Oh, that's, like, very juicy and still hoppy at the same time. Like, yeah, it's got a nice hot flavor, and it's also got, like, the, the sweetness is almost on the back end rather than, like, the in-your-face. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, because in the front end, you get, like, hops. You get a mm-hmm. little bit of, like, the... um. Like, muskiness that I, I think it's Nelson brings. Like, I'm not, I shouldn't say muskiness, like the earthiness. Well, there's mosaic in it, so yeah, dirt. Yeah, that's the dirt. <laughs> <forever>. uh. 
Listen. We're gonna get in trouble for calling mosaic like dirt flavor. But mosaic's my favorite hot mosaic flavor. Mosaic's also my favorite hot flavor. Um and I we're gonna get in trouble for saying it tastes like dirt, but because it doesn't. It's just earthy, but Listen, when I worked in coffee, whenever something ta- we whenever you like drank something and went like, man, that tastes like dirt, you were told to tell people it tasted earthy. <laughs> Fun fact, I'm pretty sure Stephanie says that exact fact every, every time, time we talk, we talk about, about how mosaic tastes like dirt. Someone go back through our catalog and let us know how many times we made that reference. That. Nobody's going to do that. Who's how gonna are they going to know? <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to know? They're going to know. How, how will they know? They're going to know. Listen, we're not talking about TikToks yet. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's a new vine for us, at least. Um, so, have you had enough of it to give some words? If you want to start, I can use another. Um, I want to say juicy. Um, I think earthy, and then I'm getting like the fruit flavor. So I think it's like pi- I think it's like a little bit more tropical. So maybe pineapple. So juicy, earthy, pineapple. I would say like if you took a pineapple and then like. Rubbed it in some dirt and then took a bite of it. Kind of <laughs> what? what it tastes like. That is such a bananas way to have explained what the beer tastes like. That's not actually what it tastes like, but those are the. If you were to take those three words and like describe those words and like a flavor profile, that's how you'd make it. It's the same words that you would use for a banana rubbed in some dirt. I guess, but uh, my words are going to be hoppy. Because you can definitely taste the yeah. three hops that are in there. And the fact that... There's four hops. There's four hops? Yeah, it's um, Simcoe, Mosaic, Nelson, and Citra. Oh, the Citra's a double dry hop flavor, though. So that's, that's a true. little bit smoother. Yeah. And that's the citrusy flavor that's in there. So there's... You are right, though. There's four hops. You can distinctly point out the hop flavors, which I always really appreciate. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I feel like when you use a bunch of hops, you typically get at least one lost. Yeah. And I think that you could taste... I mean, you can definitely see the influence of all four, yep, I which I think is always really interesting. Um, the can says that it's got an intense, it says intense, and I would... I actually agree with that. I would like say that. I would agree. It's in agree. I would agree. It's got a, I don't even know if I would say intense flavor, but it's got a very distinct flavor. I think when it says intense, it just means that like there's... An intensity of the flavor. So, like, no, it means there's there's a, no, they took it camping. It's intense. <laughs> but a bunch. <laughs> um, I think it just means that, like, there's the hot flavor is intense, the juicy flavor is intense, and, like, the, um, like, the fruitiness of it is intense. Like, there's nothing mild about it. That's All true. the flavors true. are so intense that that, like, it's almost like it has to be intense to be able to f- taste them against each other. Yeah. Okay. So... I, for my three words, would say hoppy, I'm going to say fruity, and similarly to the way that you described it with the intensity, I'm going to say intense flavor, which is two words. You've already you cut- always choose two words at the very end. It's three descriptors. You say three words. You never say three descriptors. It's I mean, meant that's to fine. be three descriptors. I'm just saying. Okay, now that we've talked about the beer, we are going to talk about the episode topic for today. 
And this episode topic is the topic that we are going to be speaking about. That's how I literally feel like I'm talking right now for some bizarre reason. Um, today's topic, we are going to be, you know, as I already mentioned, doing our end of year wrap up. So, um, I always think it's really funny when you like start talking about stuff like that. Like when you, I don't know if you ever notice this about you. I try to give like a very explainy voice. No, yeah, but your very explainy voice enunciates like goes high at like the end of every other word. <laughs> Cause you were just like, and now we're gonna give uh, well, what, what I when I was first speaking, I was like, I sound like her bird. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm on the uh you heard with bird. Yeah. That's what I felt like Run I was happily. I felt like I was just like And in now that cadence. We are going <laughs> Well, that's what I felt like I was in the cadence of saying, you were and I was, I was playing into it, and I was like, wait, I can't keep doing this. This is an entire episode. We can't do this. No. Um, yeah, so Stephanie mentioned we're going to be talking about our year-end wrap-up. Uh, normally, that includes, like, movies, TV. We usually do this over two episodes and do, like, a visual media and a um, listening media. Yes. And Well, the listening media typically consists of podcasts, live music, and new right. music, obviously. Which, with this year, obviously, a lot of these things didn't happen, so, like, not a lot of movies came out, um, limited TV, we saw a live like, show, like, yeah. three live shows this year. Yeah. Um, so, it's go- we decided to condense this into one episode, yep. and we'll be talking about, like, what did happen this year. Yep. Um, so, it is a little bit different than the years previous, but we are going to make the mo- most of it. Also, this year's weird. Get over it. Cool. So, Steph, do you want to kick it off? Yes. So, I figured we would just kind of talk through some of our favorite albums that came out this year. Um, I will start this bit off by saying I had an existential crisis while making my albums of the year list because I recently found out you're supposed to be including December of the year prior in your list for the year. Okay, I don't think that actually qualifies as existential because but, we're not questioning, I guess you might've been questioning your existence, but I, I don't know that that word is correct, but we'll go with it because your existence that is not correct. <laughs> According to the encyclopedia. <laughs> That's how you sound. <laughs> I mean, that's not what the word existential means, but okay. But anyway, so I was really debating about whether or not I was allowed to include this album in my album. This, this is our podcast. But Nobody can tell us differently. I'm including it because it's a fucking bob, and that is A Fine Line by Harry Styles. Yeah. Um, super good album. It's it, amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. I love Harry Styles in general. Um, I worship Harry Styles. Okay, whatever. And before... Um, I would agree with you. Fine Line by Harry Styles is a fantastic album. I feel like Harry Styles solo can do no wrong. Um, I mean, his self-titled was fantastic. I had a lot of, like, expectations coming into this one, and he really did not disappoint. Uh, especially because Fine Line was more genre-bending. He did a, well, I shouldn't say genre-bending. Um, more, uh, like... multi-genre I think that's fair where he brought in like yeah there was rock there was some like R&B um bunch of different like styles in that and I feel like fine line he really kind of focused and did a lot with what he's really good at yeah and it feels like he just had a lot of fun with it all of the songs are so much fun to listen to yeah so I just feel like he's really with this album like 
completely came into his own and like solidified like this is the music i want to make this is the kind of performer i want to be and i'm just gonna have a really damn good time and i think that that last second to last statement that you said like this is the performer i want to be really like epitomizes harry styles this year where he's been doing like coming into his own a lot more and like exploring his sexuality exploring his fashion choices and like who he wants to be as a performer as a person and I think that this album really like encompasses that. It totally encompasses his com- like his comfort in himself, and no longer like needing to be defined by the record label, by like what he's expected to be as like a boy band or as like a heartthrob. Like he's yeah. really like this is me, and it, like take it or leave it. And I think everyone's taken it at this point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so <laughs> before we get too much into the, this discussion. I've got to bring up your Spotify rap. Okay. Because <laughs> so, I was going to talk about this album, but I feel like it's more important that you talk about this okay. album. So, I mean, I like Bombay Bicycle. Before 2020, I liked Bombay Bicycle Club. Like, I liked them as a band, thought they were great. Um, and then everything, um, else, everything else has, has gone, gone wrong. wrong came out. Um, and that I... That was at the, like, mid-January, too. Yeah. Um... I became obsessed with, hold on, why can't I find it? Um, I became obsessed with this album. Um, like, no joke, my Spotify wrapped will confirm that. So I showed this to Stephanie earlier. Well, when I did my Spotify wrapped, I sent her a screenshot that was, like, my top song of the year and then showed her, like, my top five songs. So uh, long story short, my top song of the year is um, Eat, Sleep, Wake, Nothing But You. And then my top five songs are all songs from the album. Um, not the first five, though, but they're all... My top five songs are all from the that new album from theirs. But, um, and then my top artist was also Bombay Bicycle Club. And it says I was in the top 0.05%. Shut even, up. That's been... <laughs> like, higher than top 1%. Top 0.015. So, top... What is that, five hundredths? Yeah, so let's see what their actual the monthly the listeners are. Hold on, I'm pulling up Spotify. Oop, I'm about to start playing a song. They have approximately 2,224,267 monthly listeners. Okay, so the top... 0.05 of that is I was in the top 100,000 of their listeners so I listened to them more than 200 oh. and uh, 200 or 2,100,000 people okay um so yeah that's one of the things uh it's not that's not the super embarrassing part I spent 3,300 minutes listening to their music uh the, this is the embarrassing part though I showed Stephanie and she like cried laughed um, cry, laughed so hard she was crying. Um, the first time I listened to Eat, Sleep, Wake, Nothing But You Which was, was the first single off of their album, which yeah. actually came out last year. Yeah, so the first time I'd ever listened to it, because I didn't listen to it last year, was January 18th. My day with the most streams was January 20th. My 50th stream was January 28th. <laughs> uh, and I listened to it for a total of 88 times this year. So, so you really listened to it a lot in January, yeah. and then went so downhill. So like in the first ten days, I listened to it 
more than I did for the rest of the year because I the just rest, find that well, so Well, I think it's because funny. I was obsessed with that song, and then I started listening to the rest. Because it's not even my favorite song on the album, I would say. It's also not my favorite song on the album. Because uh, I think I would say "Let You Go" was my favorite song on the album, but I think because like I had just discovered that song, the album had just come out. That and it's also the first song on the album, I think. Well, "Eat Sleep intro. Wake" is the second. The, the first song no, "Eat Sleep Wake" I think is on side C of the okay. vinyl, so it's happening. Well, through. I think I just got obsessed with it and was listening to it a bunch, and then like it, I only listened to it eighty-eight times because then I started to listen to the album like start to finish. Um, but. Would you like to know a should fun have fact? gone to check on Lindsay very early in January, apparently. Um, that song, Eat, Sleep, Wake, Nothing But You, has 28,594,181 streams. I'm only 88 of those. Right. That's not that bad. Um, so I also have, this also made my top 10 albums of the year, actually. Um, I also love Bombay Bicycle Club. Yep. Um, I've been a big fan for a very long time. I saw them twice last year. Oh, I mean, I should say that, like, this album catapulted me into loving them. Like, I liked them before, and they were, I liked the band. I w- um, like, I Is this your them. favorite Bombay album? No. <laughs> okay. But um, my favorite song on this album is um, I Can Hardly Speak. Mm-hmm. Or no. Yes. It's I Can Hardly Speak. Um, which had really, they played that at their show in Chicago last October. So that was the first time I had ever heard it. And then I, they released it as a single like the following week. But I, I loved this album. It is so good for them having broken up and then deciding to get back together and then doing this was amazing. Yeah, I agree. Um, I feel like my other top albums or top bands of the year, artists of the year, um, are very concerning. <laughs> it's like, these are, you know how people talk about like sad girls and it's like, you should go check in your friends if like you're listening to all these bands. Let's tell the listeners your other top artists and then I'll go into mine. Yeah. So number one was Bombay Bicycle Club. Number two was Haley Williams. That album is very sad. Uh, number three is Wolf Parade, which I not very sad. That's not surprising whatsoever. Number four was of Montreal, and that's because that new album came out, and it was fantastic. You are fine. We'll, come, we'll talk about that album. And then bit. number five is the 1975. <laughs> that's the That's the, that's the sad part. one. That's yeah. the concerning one. What are you doing? What, are, are you okay? Okay, so my Spotify Unwrapped actually surprised me a little bit. So my top artist was actually the OCs. Yeah, but on Spotify, they're two different. They created a new yeah. account. So it's the new one. No, it's the original one. Oh, okay. Because if you go to the new album, yeah, it's, it, it's tagged yes. as but it's tagged as both artists. Okay. So it's because I was listening to their new album so much and the old music yeah. that that it, makes sense. And it's very annoying, John Dwyer. Why did you have to create a new Spotify account? He Just change the name. Just change the name. He doesn't need to do anything. Anyways, I was in their top one percent of listeners, but wow, that's not even that good. Well, let's uh, let's look at the numbers, shall we? The OCs only have four hundred and twenty-two thousand five hundred and three monthly listeners okay, so that's like four thousand i'm in the top four thousand yeah you're yeah. in the top hundred thousand of bond all right all about. right i'm in the top all four thousand right. of the ocs um did i do that math right move the I decimal think... two places of yeah i did uh, four thousand okay right. yeah we okay. i did the math all right okay um but my 
top, so my top five artists of the year were The O.C.'s, Pottery, Fontaine's D.C., The Black Lips, and The Strokes. But what's really interesting is that of my top five songs, only one of those songs is by an artist on this top artist list. So my top songs were Domino by Corridor, Freaks by Surf Curse, Sports by Viagra Boys, nice. Disco by Surf Curse, and then Hot Heater by Pottery. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just because you either listen to those songs a lot. Or, I listen to sports by Viagra Boys yeah, a lot. Or you listen to a lot of albums or a lot of artists a lot. So your top artists are like, these are the top five, but like the range between yeah. the top five or your top one, like top five and top yeah. ten is pretty close. Yeah. No, I think um, that's fair. So like it could go either way. I do think Spotify's um, Unwrapped is very interesting and very like telling of a person's. Oh, I agree. Like what their year. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of TikToks that are about like, these are better than, like, their um, Zodiac. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Or astrological sign. So, but, but, as we're talking about, like, our favorite albums, what was your number one album of the year? It Obviously, it could oh, be no. Bombay. It could not be. <sighs> That's your most listened to. What is your I top know. album of the year? Um, we, and I, was I supposed to have this ready for this episode? Yes! I did not. <laughs> I have a list! I did not have this ready for this episode. Um, I think, honestly, though, like just based on the amount of time I've listened to this album, um, I would call my favorite album um, "Pedals for Armor" by Haley Williams. Okay, that's I think the one I listened to. I mean, obviously not according to Spotify, but I feel like I listened to it the most. Um, and I think maybe I didn't. I mean, not maybe. I obviously I didn't, but I think that I like that one better than um, everything else has gone wrong. Um, okay. Just because I feel like it, like, speaks to me, like, it, I, I think I resonated with it a lot more, like, emotionally. Um, so, I'll go into my top couple albums of the year. I mean, I, I think I've talked about almost all of these throughout the music corners that we've been doing all year. But, um, uh, I can tell you guys at least my top five, well, I'll through the top, off the top of my head while Lindsay's continuing to think through her list because she didn't come prepared. Um, my number one album of the year is Welcome to Bobby's Motel by Pottery. And I do have to div- give a disclaimer. I did get a free copy of this album because I won it on an Instagram contest. But that is not why I picked this album. I would have picked this album had I purchased it myself. Um I discovered Pottery last year when they opened for Fontaine's DC the weekend of Riot Fest, and I have literally worshipped them since that day. Um, I think their music was so good, and then they released this album that was so different than any of the work they had done on their EPs. And this new album reminds me so much of the Talking Heads. Like, early Talking Heads. Like, I was literally listening to 77 the other day, and I was like, damn, Pottery really pulled from David Byrne. <laughs> um, and I think that's why I just loved this album so much. So that was that is my number one album of the year. So number two for me is The O.C.'s, but, you know, new band, one word. Um, and their new album was Protein Threat. Um, I am completely obsessed with this album it is so weird sounding but it was so good and 
I think it's probably my favorite album that John Dwyer has ever done. Like, it's that good of a complete album. Because a lot of previous albums from The O.C.'s, Three Words, um, just had, they felt a little jammy, which is obviously, like, their entire vibe. But this this new album, I think, felt really cohesive, and I really liked that. Um, my number three album of the year is one of my hometown favorites, but hometown being my actual hometown of Detroit, Michigan. Um, Proto Martyr released a new album called Ultimate Success Today. And I thought this was a really growing album for them. Um, their sound has been really consistent over the last decade, I guess. They've been around. But I think this album just continued on with their growth within their own sound, which is why I really like this band. Also, I really like that they're from my hometown. Like, when I say they're from my hometown, I literally mean they're from my hometown. Um, my number four album of the year is It Is What It Is by Thundercat, which... I love Thundercat. I want to get married to Thundercat. Um, I think this was some of his most fun work that he's ever done. This entire album is so goofy and all of his lyrics are so nonsensical that it was just so much fun to listen to. And I've returned to it over and over and over again throughout this entire year just because it is that fun to listen to. Um, if you haven't heard the song Dragon Ball Do-Rag, you need to go and pause this podcast, go listen to it right now, because it is so fun to listen to. Um, our former guest, Justin, had Dragon Ball Do-Rag on one of his top songs on Spotify of the year. <laughs> um, I think Thundercat's incredible, um, and I loved this album. Um, number five for me... It's a very different vein. Um, it is Purple Noon by Washed Out. So this album was... People have argued that they didn't care for it because his sound is very different. And it's a lot more of a sparse sound than some of his previous albums. But I don't know. The first time I heard it, it just like struck something inside of the music. Just like hit me and I can't stop listening to it. Um, it's absolutely amazing. And I, it's probably some of my favorite work that Washed Out has ever done. And he's done, been, he's been around the block a few times. Quite a few. And I think this is probably some of my favorite work he's ever done. Um, my number six is You Are Fun by Of Montreal. I love Kevin Barnes. He can do no wrong. All of his music is absolutely amazing. The reason I liked this album so much is that it had a very 70s, 80s vibe to it, which he hasn't really done before. So some of the pop sounds were very different for him, but it was still his own crazy, bizarre energy that he brings to the 70s, 80s sound. Like Lindsay and I had joked when the album first came out that one of the songs could have been an ABBA song. Oh, I, I still think that. Like... 
Yeah. It has that same like vibe to it, which is where I'm coming from the 70s and 80s sound. My number seven album is Bombay Bicycle Club, which we already talked about. My number eight album is Harry Styles, which we already talked about. My number nine is Vundabar. So they are a band from Canada, and they had a new album. Excuse me. Their new album is called Either Light. Um, this was a really fun indie rock album um they just did such a good job with this this is almost a little bit more of an accessible sound for them i think compared to some of their previous albums which is why i think i just had so much fun listening to it and then number 10 is eve's tumor and his new album heaven do a tortured mind which i think is emotionally raw and i really love eve's tumor and his androgynous performance and this album, he really expanded outside of the R&B type element and brought a lot of uniqueness to a sound that I thought was just amazing. You ready, Lindsay? Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, can I see your list again? Because we have a lot of repeated ones, so I don't want to go over them. I mean, you can still mention them. Yeah. So, my number one is Pedals for Armor by Haley Williams. This is her first solo album um you may know Haley williams from paramore as a lead singer so she's always done well paramore was initially like kind of pop punk emo then they slowly transitioned to more like poppy music um and flowers for um sorry petals, petals for, for armor. armor um is very much like a like healing album uh it's very raw i'd call it more um like indie i don't know like it's not even alternative, so just... It's like an indie-type album. Indie-type album. I, it's got a few different genres in it. Um, there's a little bit of electronica in it. There's some, like, alternative. Um, but it's just... Because she wrote this after getting divorced, and she wrote it about her healing process, about going to therapy, and, like, how she went through depression, and a lot of the things that she was going through in life, um, it's really the most personal thing that she's ever released and the most raw um, recording she's ever done. Um, and this kind of catapulted her into being more open about what's going on with her, more open about like who she is as a person, her emotional state. And I feel like that really resonated with me, especially having gone through a lot of the things that she did at a very similar time in life. Cause she's like 32, 31 now. And I went through like a lot of very similar like relationship things yeah. later in my life. And so I feel like as I was healing from like, a hurt that I had buried deep within me. Um, it was, like, I don't know, just resonated so hard hearing, like, someone that I have listened to since I was, like, 15 years old. Yeah. Talk about that and talk about, like, her life as she's grown up. Um, and so, like, I just, I don't know, like, emotionally, like, this fucking just, like, rocked me to my core. Uh, and I cried so many times listening to it. So um, this is my number one. Like, it may not be the best music, album that came out but i think that it's just like to me it means so much and is it's my favorite because of that uh similar similarly number two is kind of along that vein um it's fetch the bolt cutters by fiona apple um, what a great album also about kind of like healing as a healing and uh, like another woman um healing from like an emotional duress and an emotional relationship and 
This album's very like arty, artsy. It's artsy. Um, it's very it's melodic. It's got a lot of weird things going on. She recorded it in her house. Um, so there's a lot of like weird background things going on, but it's just, it's so powerful. I like that album a lot because she recorded most of it, you know, in her home, in, like Venice Beach or something. Yeah. It, she co- recorded it as a very isolated person. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the songs definitely reflect that she was alone. Yeah. Like it's got this. a sense of like schizophrenia kind of yes. sometimes and like manic mania. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, there's something about like female singers talking about their emotions that really like speak strongly to me and I'll talk about it in like three albums too like um I think this year it was a lot of like I usually like listen to a lot of like indie rock and this year I think I listened to a lot more like either mainstream or just like different things that I wouldn't normally listen to and really wouldn't normally like sure like I couldn't see myself I love Haley Williams but I don't think I could see myself like two years ago, like, listening to this album Loving as much as I do now. Yeah. So I think it really speaks to how much these, like, impacted me, especially during quarantine, being alone for a little bit, um, being isolated, like, things like that, I think yeah. really resonated. Number three is the BBC. Um, <laughs> I refer to the Bombay Bicycle Club as the BBC. Um, everything uh, else has gone wrong. We won't talk about that. Number four, I have, I have uh, Purple Noon by Washed Out. Stephanie talked about that one as, as well. You seemed on board with my description. Yeah, I do. I am. Sorry. Um, number five is Folklore by Taylor Swift. Um, I am a low-key Taylor Swift lover, Swifty or whatever. Like, I'm not obsessed with her, but I love her music. Um, and Folklore was kind of a different release for her. It's a lot more conceptual. Um, and, like, in the past, her albums have always been, like, related to her life or, like, poppy. Um, and Folklore is a little bit more, like, indie folk. She brings in some really cool guest artists. Um, so Boney Bear is a guest singer on one of mm-hmm. these. It was produced by, um... Aaron from The National. Yeah, I don't know his name. Um, so I feel like this was a huge departure for her, and... I I mean, I really enjoyed Folklore. So I actually read a really funny review of this, like in the, the end of the year reviews, where somebody said, can you believe that Taylor Swift made a better version of a national album than the lead singer of the national did? Because Matt Berenger yeah. released his first solo album. Yeah. And everyone's like, Taylor Swift made a better national album than Matt. I mean, I think it's fantastic. I really like it. Um, and this really kind of shows you the, um, the talent Taylor Swift has. Like, as someone that really likes Taylor Swift, I like, and I, I mean, she's an incredible businesswoman, incredible, like, female role model to, like, young girls out there. I love seeing her succeed in life, and I know people want her to fail because she's Taylor Swift, but I think that, like, as a role model and as a strong, like, woman, I think she's a great, um, person out there for people to be looking up to. And I think she has a lot of talent, so I think that this really shows you how she can do different things and be successful in them. And, like, she does know what she's talking, like, she's doing musically. Like, I mean, I love Jack Antonoff, and he, like, is her number one fan. Like, he produces everything of hers. Um, And, you know, Bleachers is a fucking fantastic band, so you know I think we all love Jack Antonoff. Right, so if Jack Antonoff's getting behind her, like, you know that she's extremely talented as an individual, and I think this really shows that. This album, I will say, did open my eyes to her a little bit, because I'm not going to lie, 
I've never liked Taylor Swift. But that's the thing. I feel like people don't, a lot of people don't like Taylor Swift because she's Taylor Swift. And like there's this I connotation don't like of her like music. liking Taylor Swift. Oh no, I just don't like her music. Okay. So this album, I will say definitely was super different for her and it was much more listenable for me. But I also do, I mean, I attribute it to her trying to branch out from what she's right. done and having the support of one of my favorite bands. Yeah. So having that influence in the background. Yeah, and I think that like for me, listening to Taylor Swift, I also I had to get over the fact that she was Taylor Swift to like really enjoy it, and then eventually it was like I don't care. People know I like Taylor Swift, right? Um, but I think that that's something. It's me that... and Weezer. <laughs> no, everyone knows you like Weezer. It's not embarrassing. <laughs> it's a little embarrassing how much I like Weezer. <laughs> it is. I was at that show with you. <laughs> um, my number six is "You Are Fun" um, by of Montreal, so I won't talk about that. Number seven is RTJ4. Um, that made my top 20. Ugh. It's just, so it's good. RTJ. They can't do wrong. Um, it's oh, like. This album was so good. Yeah, I mean, it's. And they're aggressive, and I feel like this album was like. I don't know. Well, I think we also have to mention that the original album release date was slated yeah. for September of this year. But during, and we'll briefly talk about this, during all the civil unrest that was happening during June, they decided, you know what? Fuck it. Here's this. Yeah, and their, like, response was, there's a lot of shitty things going on in the world. Like, why should we be holding music when, like, it might make people feel better? Exactly. Which I respect, and, like, I love Killer Mike, and I love LP. Did you watch their Adult Swim performance? I did not. Oh, my God. They performed the album front to back. I have not. It's online. Um, It's so good. I don't think think much more needs to be said other than, like, it's RTJ. Um, Number eight is King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. KG? KG. Ooh, that's a good Um, one. I... I don't know. I feel like this is apparently a controversial album. But I don't see why it is. It's so good. I love this specifically because it's so like multifaceted. It's micro microtonal, um, which I don't know what that really means. But apparently, a lot of like Arabic and a lot of like Middle Eastern music has that microtonal like influence in it. So like listening to this, you hear a lot of like traditional Arabic music. And then as the album moves through, that like same tone that they use, the same like progression and rhythm mm-hmm. that they use is in every single song but used in different ways so like at one point it's on the sitar another point it's on like a keyboard and then it's on a guitar and it's like always this, it's this one like connecting feature through every single song that is present and it just really ties the entire album together and part of the reason I love it so much is because like I grew up like having to listen to music that like Indian music mm-hmm. uh, and I hated it um, and I like I obviously love alternative and rock music, and this is like an album that brings like some of my culture in, um, music that I hated to listen to as a kid, and like presents it in a way that I love and I really enjoy because it brings yeah. like what I actually like in music to the forefront, but also has this. So I really enjoyed this just because I was like, this feels like this album feels like me, like and so that's such a cute way to explain it. You're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I really enjoyed it, and I think that, and obviously it's not, like, um, it's not, like, super, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? It's not, like, super ground-breaking, but I think they just did it in a really good job. Like, it just shows that these guys- I think that's a good description for this. No music. They fundamentally understand music, and they can, like, manipulate sound and, like, chords 
and instruments in such a way to produce stuff like this. And they're, like, always experimenting. And I love that about Giz. Um, number nine is The Magic Gang. Oh, Death of the Party. Death of the Party. Um, I love it. I love it's, Magic Gang. The Magic Gang, I feel like this album has a, like, very David Burney influence. Like, a very Talking Heads vibe to it. And I think that's why I love it so much. I liked this album a lot, too. Um... So their last album came out in 2018, and this has a much more pop-forward vibe than mm-hmm. their last album did. And I loved their last album. So I think they carried some of like yeah. the fun, cool stuff from their first album. Because their first one was their self-titled yep. first release. And this one's a much more evolved... It's much more pop-forward, but they mm-hmm. do it in a way that makes it so much fun fun to listen to i would agree and i remember like think came out and i loved it and then like another single came out and i can't remember what it was and it wasn't very good and like you and i were scared before this anyways because they were gonna like break up and well they had a a, uh, they had announced after the first album that they were on an indefinite hiatus then all of a sudden think dropped and i was like what the so great album um stephanie and i both got like signed copies which is super cool yeah i love having um, that signed album. i do too um and then number 10 is thin mind by wolf Braid. um not my favorite album of theirs by any means but i listened to this really good quite too. a bit yeah um i feel like i cried at their show <laughs> oh you did but that's i was very drunk yeah. i cried at the show um i mean i don't know i love Wolf Parade so much, and I have so much fun at their shows, and so much fun, like, I have so many, like, fond memories of them, yeah. that I think that they're always going to make, like, a top list for me. So, that was our top albums. Um, are there any albums that you just, like, did not like? Dude, the 1975's new album. That's the first one I wrote I down, was the new 1975. Um, yeah, the new 1975 is terrible, and I actually am extremely frustrated with the release of this album, because... The playlist, this is the 1975, had the perfect curation of their songs. <laughs> and part of the reason they are in my, like, on my top five is because that, like, playlist, like, the first 45 minutes or so has, like, the best, like, mix of their songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this album came out and they fucked up the playlist because they put some of this in it and, like, now it's all distributed and I can't. I can't listen to it anymore. I need to just make my own playlist, but you do. I don't know. Spotify. Do better. But do better. This album's bad. Honestly, 1975, though, do better. Pete, I was reading, because obviously this week, a lot of like the big new source albums of the year have been coming out, and this album has been placing way too high. I've seen that too. This album is like an hour and a half long. Way too long. It's not 40 good. minutes is a long enough album. It's Matt Healy... Um, Stop doing heroin and making bad albums. Honestly, though, what really disappointed me the most is that they had promised this new album was going to be a direct part two to the last album. Right, which was incredible. Oh, agreed. I think that they didn't do the part two. No, I'm hoping that this isn't the part two. And because if it is, it's bad. Um, but like, uh, what is it? Like an intro to like online relationships or a brief inquiry about online relationships? Yeah, something like that. Fantastic album. And the next one was supposed to be like something about a car crash is what the name was going to be. Um, cause it's like the way their albums are done is like, it's their modules almost. Mm -hmm. And so like the, the album from last year is supposed to be like a module. Um, but yeah, no, this one was bad. Um, my last one that I really wanted to talk about that I didn't like 
And I flat out did not like it. I didn't like the new Idols album. Ultramano. Yeah. I did not either. Um, for me, I love Idols because everything that they do feels genuine. And it's like politically charged, but it feels genuine. And like it feels like Joe was like literally feels these things and like is truly advocating for them and like really like believes all of this. But I think that Ultramano, first of all, was a little tone deaf. He said a few things that were a little tone deaf and like there's some songs where like he you can tell what he's trying to get at, but he doesn't, he doesn't in a, quite get to the point that he's trying to make. And it feels like he's hitting points that he thinks he needs to hit versus hitting points that he truly cares about and like really believes in. And I think that's what happens like as he's as like Idols is getting more famous and like becoming a bigger like post punk band, they're I think he's feeling the pressure of like having to like get behind certain causes. Well, the one thing I will say whether or not he intended it to come off a certain way, it feels like right. he's trying to do it to do it. Right. Whether or not he may feel very passionately about these causes, but the right. way he good... worded his lyrics does not come across right. that way. And I think it doesn't that's, feel as to passionate. Me, yeah, that to me it didn't feel the same passion right. as there. And I think that was my biggest thing that I love about Idols is that passion behind his vocals and the passion behind his lyrics. They like, just the don't music match is up fantastic. This time. Exactly. Like there's passion in his vocals regardless. But like the the lyrics are not nearly as passionate and as strong. And I, I think that for Idols as a band, the music is great, but like what really sells them as a band is their lyrics. Yeah. Um, so I did before we switch off of music. I know this is we 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 knew this was going to be the majority of the episode, yeah. so I don't know why we're being surprised by it, but we feel surprised by it no matter what. Um, a couple of other really big albums I wanted to talk about in big musical moments. Um, one which. They didn't make my top, but I actually really love this album. Uh, Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. Uh-huh. I love... You're, like, obsessed with Dua I'm Lipa obsessed right with Dua Lipa. Um, Megan Thee Stallion just released her debut album, like, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Good news. And, woo, it is an and album. And she's, like, nominated out the ass. She Brandy. has had a yeah. year. I watched a video on... so. For the Grammys announcements, she like oh, announced. Oh, this video is so I know, cute. It's very, it's very sweet. She announces like I can't remember what category, and they're like, "Okay, can we just keep you on? We want to ask you like another question." And they're like, "How does it feel to have your first Grammy nomination?" She's like, "What? Yeah, <laughs> me." <laughs> and like, it's so cute how like she's freaking out, and like it's a very earnest moment because like they legit she had no idea they had just somebody else had announced it because it was all virtual and they yeah. were recording it. And they asked her, and she had no idea because she hadn't seen the news. She obviously hadn't checked her phone. Um, and it was just, like, a very candid moment. And it was so genuine. And her shock was so real. And her, like, excitement and happiness for it. Yeah. Like, even if you don't like her music, like, that makes you like her as a person. I'm so supportive of everything she does. <clears throat> I also just found out her and I are the same age. So I feel like I've been doing nothing with my life. We all have been doing nothing with our lives. But, um... I also have to give a big shout out. Big Frida released a new album this year. Ooh, man. Big Frida's a good time. Um, Also, we saw two really big former Drag Race Mm -hmm. winner, well, contestants and winners do albums. Um, 
Trixie Mattel released a new album at the beginning of this year, and then she actually made it very big in the later half of this year because she did a cover of Video Games by Lana Del Rey that is incredible. And then Katya, Katya released a hyper pop album. Oh my god, that is so bananas! That is so good. Katya is so bananas as a person and as a persona. Like what she does is so bananas and so. Out but this there. is so. But it's beyond so, her. But it's, it's like. I feel like she's one of. She's like the only person that can do something like that, mm-hmm. and it would be good because like Katya is crazy, and I love her. And I think to wrap up. The music. Um, I think the biggest thing that musically we need to talk about all year are the Grammys. Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Okay, first before we touch that, then I do want to say, like, I think it's a huge thing to talk about um, the Grammys having two categories where they have all female. Um, so this is for the twenty twenty one Grammys. Twenty twenty one Grammys, but it's based on twenty twenty music. I think the choice for album of the year and record of the year is bullshit. The nominations are not good. So for the first time in the history of the Grammys, only female and female-fronted acts were nominated for Best Rock Performance. Um, So it includes Fiona Apple for Shamika, fantastic song. It's a really good song. Phoebe Bridgers for Kyoto. Um, Haim for The Steps. Uh, Stay High by Brittany Howard. Grace Potter's Daylight, and not by Big Thief. So, um, my little plug, not by Big Thief needs to win. Big Thief is the best band ever. I also have to mention, though, the one thing that's really interesting. So, Big Thief is the only band nominated that is not all women. So right. Adrian Lanker is the singer, but right. it's the rest of it. That's men. why they say female-fronted. Yeah. Yes. And I don't know if the country um, category is, this is the first time it's ever happened, but also the best country album category um, for solo female acts and a co-ed group received nomination. So any male solo artists and male-only groups were shut out. Um, and it includes Ingrid, Ingrid Andrus, Brandy Clark, Miranda Lambert, Ashley McBride, and Little Big Town. So a like, huge year for women in music. Yeah, I think, I mean, especially within the awards season. Like, obviously, these awards will take place next year, but to see the nominations come out within the last, what, week or so? Mm, two weeks or so. Yeah, yeah. Not, like right before Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. So it's just really nice to see. Yep, agreed. But right. also, these women are making some damn good albums. Let's talk about WAP. Yes. So, I think the big encompassing music thing that we all need to take into consideration for the year is WAP. Yes. So, um, Cardi B, obviously everyone knows. and Megan Stallion. Stallion. Um, I, I mean, obviously a lot of controversy on how explicit the song is, talking about female bodies, and a lot of backlash amongst people that were not comfortable hearing women yeah. talk about female bodies this way. I, I know I've personally have gotten to a lot of like conversations with people about, and like a lot of, a lot of arguments have been like WAP is not a feminist song. I completely disagree. I do too. And I've gone to a lot of conversations explaining why WAP is a feminist song, which like, even though it's, you can call it degrading towards women. You can it's call not, it as explicit as you want, but it, at the end of the day, 
if men are allowed to talk to women, talk about women this way, why can't women talk about women this way? And exactly. Why can't women talk about themselves this way? Exactly. And it's extremely sex positive in a world where women have been taught to not be sex positive and to not be sexual. And so I think that as long as a woman is embracing her sexuality, regardless of how explicit it is, she is embracing her sexuality. She's breaking boundaries, talking about herself this way and talking about herself so positively this way. And it's all about like taking back that power. And so, like, calling yourself a whore is taking back the power from that word. That's kind of what's happening, and that's what she's helping to do by the song. And so, like, I, I would argue that you can say that's not feminist and that it's, like, hurtful towards women, but I would disagree. I completely disagree. I think that because these two black women were openly talking about their sexuality, mm-hmm. it just opened so much I think it's a positivity song I do too I think I that it's great I don't even understand how someone could view it as a negative song no and also I mean, that song is it's a, a fucking bop. bop it's so good it's so good I mean I like it's so catchy it's I mean I think it's a great song on its own I think it's um, such a good song regardless of how like explicit it is that's up to you on your own like comfort on explicitness um but I I just I don't get the argument against it. You know, like, if it's not for you, it's not for you. But don't argue that, like, this is hurtful towards women because it's really not. It's not. Women are sexually repressed and this is being open about sexuality. And I'm here for every second of being open about sexuality. So, to wrap up music, and obviously it'll be very quick because we didn't get to do a ton of this this year. We did get to go to a couple of live shows we this did. year. Um, I, because I'm a crazy person and keep track of this, I went to 13 mm-hmm. concerts this year. Um, let me check my Facebook because you tagged me in all the ones that we went together and I only go to shows with you. Um, but I at least wanted to mention my some of my favorite shows that I went mm-hmm. to this year that I actually got to go to because there were so few. Um, so... And I claim this as a 2020 show, even though it, it was a, a New Year's show. Eve show. It, they played at midnight, so it was 2020. They didn't go on until midnight, and we all drank champagne together. And I honestly don't think they started until after During midnight, that. technically. Yeah. So yeah. I would count this as a 2020 show. We saw show. Shane at the Empty Bottle to kick off That was 2020. the loudest show I have ever been to. It was so much fun. I don't think I've ever had such a good time at a show. Honestly, it was I think so that was much probably fun. one of my favorite shows I've ever been to. I would agree. It was so much fun. It was much so fun. much fun. They were fantastic. Um, Steve said I love you to me after. <laughs> we still have the drumstick, by the way, because Steve got the drummer's drumstick. Yeah, he just like reaches in and like grabs it. And of course, Steve's the tallest person with us, so he just like took it. Yeah. And <laughs> Steve, yeah. Uh, if you know Steve, he doesn't very uh, often... He's not um, affectionate. No, and Steve was stone cold sober because he was not feeling well. He was on like cold meds. Right. He did he not had a hams with us. Yeah, I think no, I think maybe before. I don't know if he had one there, but again, completely sober. But I think he was also so like adrenaline, like that excited entire show and so happy was so good. That like when we said bye, he was like, Love you. <laughs> and Stephanie just goes, Did you just say I love you to Lindsay? And like I didn't know this because I was drunk. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, so the one thing that distinctly I remember from that show is you're like, I'm going to go use the bathroom. And you come back with hams. You did that three times during the performance. You would I s- always do that, though. I know, but you... Like, like, if I'm we, already out, may as well get a beer and come back in. But you just, like, snuck out and snuck back so fast. <laughs> yeah, there's no line. Um... So that was a great show. Um, the other, the next one I really wanted to talk about was um, so in January, typically every year in Chicago, we do Tomorrow Never Knows Fest. Okay. So it takes place across a bunch of the small local independent venues, and it's like two weeks of shows, about a week maybe. I think it's only a week. Um, Steve and I went and saw Deeper, who's a local Chicago band, mm-hmm. and their openers were Corridor, that was the first time I ever saw Corridor, and The Hex, who's another local band. It was so much fun. We saw them at Lincoln Hall, it was such a good show. Um, Corridor was filming for Audio Tree, which if, for those of you unaware, is Lincoln Hall's, like, distribution brand, and we are in all of the videos. We're in all of them because they were filming next to us and they kept looking at us. So that was the other one. I think the next one is the one you and I went to together. Um, So this is show number eight for you. It was in February. (laughs) I'm looking at my Facebook because you were tagging all of them. Um, This was Wolf Parade at Talia. Oh, it was so good. I believe we We combined this. Well, yeah, we went to Low Res and then we went to Beverly. Um, yeah, we went to Simone's and had dinner after a low-res, and then ate way too much food, and then immediately were like, but what about dessert? Um, and then showed up to Talia drunk, and then I cried watching Wolf Parade. And that was but a But that's tradition that of you seeing tradition. Wolf Parade. Yeah. Um, getting very much in my feels. Number nine was Cafe Racer with Jay Fernandez. Oh, that was Coles. the other one I was going to talk about. So that was really fun, because that was Malort Day. Is that one Malort? Yeah, that was Malort Day. So that was one of the first times that you hung out with my boyfriend. Yeah, one of like maybe like I mean first we'd hung out a few times. times, but that was the first time um, we hung out for like yes, a long. We time. We went to Malort Day like right after work, and first of all, Malort Day at Demon Tavern was amazing. Honestly, Demon Tap um, that was that was probably one of my so favorite events of the much year. Fun because like one we got to do a Malort tasting of like. Florida, Florida Malort ate for a year versus Chicago Malort. Malort ice cream. We had Malort ice cream. That was amazing. It was like with grapefruit and like brown. Ginger. Sugar or something. I don't know. Amazing. Fantastic. Um, and then I feel like we had other food. I can't remember exactly what. but We got like full dinner while we were there. And I don't even remember what we ate. But all I remember is the oh, Malort you know, ice I think we got like snack foods. Didn't we do curry fries? Yeah, we do like curry fries and like I love Demon like Tap. Demon Tap is fantastic. I remember when we were leaving, um, Max from Beer Temple was walking in and yeah. I was like, and he's wearing the same true hoodie yep. that I every single time I see him, he's yep. wearing. And then we went to Cole's and I, yeah, I mean, we drank a lot so, of water there. So, um, Cafe Racer is a local Chicago band, but Jay Fernandez is a band I've actually been listening to, well, a singer I've been listening to for quite a few yeah. years, and the fact that they were playing Coles, I was so and excited. I feel like that was one of the events where, like, all of our friends show up to, and it, I'm pretty sure it was, like, a thing that, like, yeah, it was all a of bunch our of friends people came to. Up. yeah. So, like, one of those nights where every single buddy, every single person that we know yeah. shows up, or everybody in our, like, immediate friend group shows up and hangs out, and we yeah. all get very drunk. Um, and then the next one I have that I went to with you, I don't know about um, 10, 11, and 12, 
But the next th- one I wanted to talk about is yeah. the same one. Number 13, which our friends keep like randomly finding and commenting about. <laughs> I know. I don't know how it's So happens. this was literally the day before quarantine in Chicago happened. Um, this was uh, March 12th. We went to go see a Montreal. Yeah. At Bottom Lounge. Um, and I remember like going out there, being a little nervous because like COVID. So it was March 12th, which was a Thursday. Yeah. Our company was doing like a test. The company I was working at was doing at the time was doing a test work from home day just to see like how the system sy- would work, if the system could work or whatever. Like I don't know that that was. Ooh, true. I just thought of one other show I could talk about. Continue. But they they were doing a test one on Friday, um, and then at the end of that day, they were like, "Okay, now you're working home from home for two weeks," and then we never went back. Yeah. Um, so. 12th was, I think, literally the last day you could go to a show because I think they stopped doing stuff. I was supposed to see Thundercat. Or no. Right. Thundercat was the the 17th. I was supposed to see a show at the bottle that Friday night. They they were canceling shows yeah. like left and right. And I know we were keeping our eyes open to see if of Montreal would cancel and they didn't. We literally nothing, waited. It was because like he was gonna nothing cancel. went into effect that night. Yeah. It was going into effect the next day. And so, like, they didn't cancel. We saw Montreal. It was actually, so like, it was a great fun. show. There weren't that many people there, because I think a lot of people were scared. I know we were scared, but we were like, fuck it. Whatever. It's not canceled, and we don't know anything, and, so. And, like, obviously, looking back, it, it, it's a little scarier looking back, thinking, like, of what it could have what could have happened, but obviously we were fine. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, fantastic show. He came out. He was ready to I'm have a good time. Full, yeah, he was. He, he had a gave good time. Kevin Barnes gave it his all that night because he flat out said, "I don't know when I'll get to perform again." Yeah, and he's not wrong, and it probably won't be until late next year. Um, and I'm really glad that we went to that show. That we had like that's our final memory of being able to go do something. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And I think that was a great band to end it on because that album like obviously made my top list, made your top yeah. list. Oh yeah. Uh, so getting to see it live, I think, was a great. Um, one show I've forgotten that I went to about a hundred times this year, which actually happened about two weeks before, uh, well, about a week before actually the Up Montreal show, I got to see Glass Animals play Lincoln Hall. Yeah, I'm still mad at myself for not buying a ticket. Honestly, that crowd was miserable. It was awful. You were texting me earlier, I think. Oh my god, it was awful. That crowd has made me question seeing Glass Animals again in the future. But I love Glass Animals. They make some damn good music. They're, did it come out this year or last year? Their new album this year was it was not different. Bad. Not was one good. of my top twenty, but no, it, was it was not bad. Good. Um, but this was before the album had come out. Got it. And oh, that performance was so good. But the crowd made it so awful. And now I've realized I hate seeing large bands play small venues. As nice as it is to be that close up, when you're sober and there's a bunch of really mean drunk girls around you. They were mean to me. I remember you saying that. I was like, oh my god, I don't even know you. People around... like. Around us, we're like, why are you guys behaving like this? You yeah. don't know this girl. Um, so I think that's a wap. <laughs> that's a wap. That's a wap. You knew I was getting at. Oh, yeah. That's a wap. Um, I know when we had introed this episode, we said it would be one, 
but really as we're going into this we think it should be two so we're going to call it an episode here at the end of the music yep but and there'll be a bonus episode next week yes um on tv movies pop culture general things that have happened in 2020 because a lot of a lot has happened in 2020. there's been a lot even though we've been in quarantine most of it there's been a lot that's been happening and i think it's a good thing we're going to talk about it yep so um listen through the song to hear our social media plugs um follow us if you would like to follow us and you'll see beer photos photos of us also if you enjoyed this episode please go on your favorite podcast streaming service and give us a five-star review um if you're so inclined which we would hope that you are please leave us a written review and we will read it on an episode Yep. Or, or if you give it. us a fun DM, we'll read that too. Yep. Or like post it or something. Like if you want to have a shout out, leave it for us and we'll yeah. shout you out. So listen through the music, hear our social media plugs, and we look forward to hearing from you guys soon. Bye, guys. All right. That was the episode. So we love hearing from you. Um, and if you want to contact us you can do so through our email address it is drunk and uncultured at gmail.com we are also on facebook at drunk and uncultured podcast our instagram is drunk and uncultured and our twitter is drunk uncultured no and and as always i'm Lindsay, and you can find me on twitter instagram and untapped at Lindsay sold out and i'm stephanie and you can find me on untapped Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stefan Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at Shitty Concert Blog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.